Slick as a hope that. <laughs> close, close, but no cigar. I mean, you know, there's always room for improvement. We are all <laughs> or can improve. Hello, willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, morhaba. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 249 coming in your ears on Saturday. Sunday! <laughs> oh my god, the, wheel, the wheels are falling off tonight. I've been the video intro and now I don't know what day it is. Literally, mm. and figuratively, and metaphorically. It's Sunday, the 25th of September, 2022, and I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. And I'm Armish Matt. And we have the wonderful Courtney Turner with us. How are you doing, Courtney? Hello, I'm doing well, thank you. How are all of you doing? We're, we're getting a bit cold here, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we were just saying the leaves are turning. The leaves. The leaves are turning, you know, it's autumn, it's fall, basically. Yeah, I, I like fall, good time of year. Mm. It yeah. feels like the beginning of the year, so. The beginning of the year? It does feel that way. Um, in the Jewish calendar, it is. Actually, today oh. is actually the new year on the Jewish calendar. But yeah, but I think it also has to do with like school starts in fall. And yeah, it just feels like the new year. I know the new year is actually in January. I know that's when we celebrate new year, which is when my birthday is. But I don't think of that as the new year. I think of this as the new year. Fair enough. You can set your own new year whenever you like, as we all should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Conform to this calendar <laughs> nonsense. Who um, who do we have to blame for setting this up, Courtney? Is it is it Ricky? Was it Ricky Verandas? I believe so. Yes. He's got a lot All to answer fault. for. Yeah, he has got. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the sexiest podcaster in Ludlow, Massachusetts. Mm. I heard you on there not so long ago. You were on the Ripple Effect recently, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we we've done two. Uh, we did. Uh, I, I recently released uh, the second one that we did together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long have He's you? Awesome. Sorry, how long have you been in sort of like doing podcasting, and uh, how did you get into it then? So I started about a year and a half ago. Okay. I think uh, my first interview was released January fourth, twenty twenty one. So maybe a little more than. A year and a half. And I started it because of the lockdowns. And during the Mm -hmm. lockdowns, you know, I was in California. We were really, really isolated and locked down and pretty egregious measures. And Mm -hmm. everybody was forced to wear these masks. And Mm -hmm. I'm hearing impaired. I'm hearing impaired and I'm visually impaired. So I, well, I think the masks are detrimental and horrendous for everyone. (laughs) Uh, I, they were really, really awful for me. Mm-hmm. Because when other people wore them, I couldn't 
hear them. Mm. And they would get really frustrated because they could, they could see that I was responding as if I was hearing something, but knowing that somebody's speaking and having clarity of speech are not the same. You know? So I depend so largely on lip reading because I learned how to speak by reading lips. I actually didn't get hearing aids. So I was almost six years old. So that was really, really, really difficult for me to cope with. Mm. And then I'm also blind in one eye. And so my uh, peripheral vision is restricted uh, comparatively to somebody who has binocular vision. I see about 60% per- peripheral vision of what somebody who has two eyes would see. So when I wore the mask, it would be reduced to something like 40%. So it would feel very claustrophobic, very disorienting. So now all the coping mechanisms that I feel I've spent my whole entire life building in order to just function day to day in society were now stripped from me by these really egregious measures. So people had started suggesting that I start a podcast. I had gotten this suggestion from a lot of people and the idea was really daunting, really terrifying. And I couldn't figure out how to narrow down like something specific to talk about. So I, uh, I started to think though, that maybe just having, you know, naked face conversations, if you will, (laughs) with people, even if it was on zoom might really do wonders for my morale and you know make me feel better so Mm. I initially really didn't think much about doing it as a podcast as much as I wanted to have meaningful conversations with people and actually see their faces and then that's how it was born and I kept going (laughs) Mm. talk about kept going I mean how many when did you start and how many episodes you up to I am now I I think Monday will be my episode 163 I have about 10 sitting on my desktop currently, though. So, yeah. So we're we're getting close to the 200. You know, they they go bad, you know, they go off. You need to get them out there. It's like a sell by day. I know. I know. If I could do a daily show, we were just talking about this. I probably really need to switch to the live streaming because this way I can just like get them out and in a much quicker fashion. And that would make my life easier, I think. So would you... um, you know, with when you when you uh, um, if you embark on live streaming, you then have the opportunity of listener or viewer interaction. Is that something you do you think that would be a distraction or something you would embrace? So I think it would be a learning curve, which I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Have you guys always done it live stream? No, no. And, and no one watches. Okay. So we don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it It varies, doesn't it, from, from week to week. I think sometimes it's useful um, or good to sort of get uh, questions or comments. So yeah. we have like a, a chat box, you know, I, I can, can you, you can see the chat box, can't you, on your stream there, just on the, uh, on whichever side it is for you. And sometimes, you know, people put sort of relevant questions in there, which are some things that we don't necessarily think of. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. You see, our show is in two parts, so... Mm-hmm. Our part one is when we're talking to someone, I guess, such as yourself. And mm-hmm. um, often you're so involved in that that I don't right. tend to take much notice of the chat. But in the second part sure. of the show, which we'll be doing at, you know, sort of half past nine tonight, um, that's uh-huh. more so of looking at the news and current events and general mm-hmm. chit chat. And that's when. Sure. Um, I sort of t- I tend to take more notice because it's more not real. That's not the right word. Not relaxed. It's just like you want you want to be focused on the person in front of you, 
And that's sure. why I wonder, you know, how how you'd get on with um, comments because I personally I would sometimes find it distracting. I can't believe I'm just discouraging well, <laughs> everyone from commenting on the live stream. But you, then I think I probably do a little bit more of that on my phone. So when you're kind of when I'm leaning down like this, okay. I'm doing it on my phone and putting stuff in the chat. You see, so um, yeah, that. So I've done live stream a few times, and that's what I ended up doing. I ended up looking at the questions on my phone while I'm doing the stream because it was too hard for me to navigate it on the computer screen. I guess you had two monitors maybe, but I, I can see that sometimes I think it would be distracting. Other times I think it would be awesome to have kind of the feedback to guide the, the conversation in a direction that is useful for the audience. You know, then you have instant kind of feedback as to what it is that they're curious about and what they want to hear. So I think there's there's pluses and minuses. I I don't know, but I think I will start doing some more of it and maybe just combine it. Maybe not do all one or the other, but yeah. Yeah, or you so. could do. I mean, um, some people do uh, an ask me anything live stream, don't they? You know, you could do like maybe mm-hmm. one a month or something like that, and just have it as a free for all. Yeah. Like, I mean, the other thing is what platform? Because I think you've been naughty. <laughs> you've been naughty, Courtney, and you're not allowed on YouTube anymore, are you? I'm not. No, they they don't like me. YouTube and Twitter are not happy with me. Oh. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't take much. I know. Yeah, we, it yeah. really doesn't. Well, you have fallen. It, I, foul. They they have an allergy to truth. So as you know, if you just don't tell lies, then you have issues with them. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Yeah, we end up use, using cold words. Yeah, like um, I, magic juice and. Uh, and I really I thought about that in the, you know <laughs> I thought about it early on but part of the reason I started this was because I felt like one of the problems is auto critique and I knew that didn't end up so well in the Maoist struggle sessions so I didn't want to be part of the problem and that was actually one of the reasons I started the podcast just speaking out in general and so I I really did debate in my head, whether or not doing code words and kind of being cryptic was a good strategy. And I get, I get why people do it and I, I support it for certain people, but I felt like it wasn't aligned with my mission. And so I just didn't, but I paid the consequences as we can see. So yeah, you get your, your notoriety, you get, mm. you to get to a, your YouTube band badge. We've not managed it yet. Our, our last strike is just cleared as well. Is it? Yeah. Wow. We are unsolid. I mean, yeah, we, it's a bit sort of strange, YouTube, isn't it? Because it's because it, it has the, the the widest reach of obviously of any kind of platform of that nature. This uh, is the mm-hmm. this is the problem. It's the second yeah. biggest search engine, isn't it? And after yeah. its other, its kind of sister company or sister sort of platform, you know, Google. So, yeah, the two are very much intertwined, aren't they? Yeah, Google and yeah, Google owns YouTube, so. Mm. I mean, it, it is YouTube. Yeah. It is Google. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, Which what, is an alphabet company. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what what video platforms are you using now then? I, I'm on Rumble. I'm on uh, Rockfin, Odyssey, BitChute. So those are the video ones that I use. And I do live streams on Instagram sometimes. So. Yeah. And Rock, Rockfin does live streaming, doesn't it? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I've done live streaming on Rockfin. Rockfin's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, mm, we've sort of mulled it over. Well, I've mulled it over. Yeah, I don't mull anything. <laughs> you don't mull anything? No. <laughs> I don't know. I think um, I think that maybe the catch with Rockfin is they'd want us to do exclusive content for them. Right, okay. I'm, I yeah. don't know, but I would imagine they would. Because why would anyone want to watch us on Rockfin when we're on... Mm. the other things the other platforms so mm. but i hear good things about it and a lot of the people we know are on there so we've invaded mm. rockfin a couple of times haven't we we've been on legit bat oh right okay we did a similar stream with them i think on rockfin a while back yeah so yeah this, i don't know you see you get these these alternative platforms cropping up and right. there's just the odds are stacked against them because it's it's user apathy at the end of the day People will just mm-hmm. stick to what they know, and uh, and well, uh, I think I think it depends. I think it depends. there are several other new ones coming up too, and I I think we should support it. My my concern is that it gets so atomized, and that is kind of what they want. They want there not to be centralization. So in some cases, they want centralization. In other cases, they want atomization because they want the anti-establishment to be atomized so that they can't organize. But I think that it also depends on your audience. I think as nice as it is to be able to reach that wider, maybe, uh, you know, the term normie tends to be used audience on a platform like youtube i also recognize that a lot of times my content might require a little bit of a background before some of them can really dive into it so where and those are much more conducive to other platforms like you know like rockfin tends to attract an audience that might be already a little bit more um caught up so it wouldn't be so, yeah, so it wouldn't be so uh, much of a, a shock to kind of jump into. <laughs> yeah, and and also on, on the big platform, when you talk about some of the things that we talk about, um, you get punished for that. You're not, you're not going to get suggested no. to a wider audience, as we've found out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... Uh, but you can... I mean, the thing is, like, a lot of the stuff we do isn't... Isn't conspiracy conspiratorial in nature? No, you know we do a lot of ancient history and megaliths and yeah, you know, symbolism, esoteric, and all that sort of stuff. It's only really the last two years where it's changed, where there are certain subjects, and if you hit them, you're gone. You know. Well, even but ancient history. I mean, that they they don't want you to know real ancient history. I mean, that's why they keep doing resets. <laughs> so, so that alone. So, I actually did a podcast with uh, one of the lead researchers of stolen history, and we did two. And then uh, my channel got taken down, and then theirs got taken taken down like right after. So, I I think they kind of use like algorithm triggers. Mm. I I noticed that uh somebody who shared one of our mutual podcasts together put like a zero in my name (laughs) when he shared it on YouTube. And I was like, ah, that was very smart because somebody else did not. And they didn't get it taken down, which I'm surprised because literally in the span of two and a half hours, one day, eight people sent me screenshots of videos I had done with them that got taken down. And I was like, did they create an algorithm for me? This is really odd, but these people didn't do that, but I still feel like it was shadow banned because they put my real name. 
Mm. Yeah, we, we'll, yeah, we'll find out in about 24 hours. Yeah. Won't we? we are, <laughs> when our, our channel just disintegrates before our eyes. We just got rid of our strike. I know, yeah, it's 90 days <laughs> to get rid of a bloody strike. Hey, I was, I was looking through your back catalogue, Courtney, and you had mm-hmm. um, Dan, <clears throat> History is Fake, Stevens on. Oh, Dan yes, Stevens. I saw that you did too. Yeah, yeah, that, how, was, how that, on, was, that blew my mind. <laughs> how on earth did you when, find Dan Stevens? How did you find Dan Stevens? He reached out to me because he had seen my Stolen History episodes. Right. And I think he really wanted to do like a, a three, you know, a podcast with the three of us. Uh, but the he goes by Tris Magistus, <laughs> the, the guy I was interviewing. Uh, he... Uh, you know, the uh, I think like the head of Stolen History passed away and then he was in a move. And so things had been kind of chaotic. So he's like, let's hold off. He said, we'll do ours. It was the sec. I was right before I was going to do a second episode with him. And he said, let's do ours. And then after that, we'll take some time and see if we can revisit and then perhaps bring the three of us on a podcast later. So in the meantime, I, I did one with Dan Stevens. Yeah, he was great. Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, he was a great guest. I mean, he was just it's yeah. it's too much to take in in one go. He, yes, he could have done, done it in three parts. That at least, <laughs> yeah. at least, yeah. You you just sort of walk away thinking, uh, <laughs> what? It needs well, to. Well, it's interesting because we went through like I feel like it could have easily been two episodes because the first yeah. part was a lot about his athletic uh, background <laughs> right, yeah. and the whole doping. Yeah. Uh, which I think was really fascinating. And I act, I definitely think they're related for mm. sure. Um, but then, of course, we went into kind of the, the stolen history and a lot of the, mm. uh, you know, archae- archaeological research that he's done, which is also mm. fascinating. And then we went into his very interesting theories that, you know, he should probably speak to David Icke about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this, that's the thing. So, you know, we could have we could have just been like you only have a guest for like an hour don't we and we could have spent sort of an hour just talking or more than an hour just talking about sort of like the doping thing in in, in his cycling experience and then yeah, we could totally. have spent just uh you know a, an hour talking about the first part of his theory mm-hmm. the middle part another hour and then the end part another mm-hmm. hour itself so yeah no, I, said, too much. I said we're going to have to do it again. Yeah. Firstly, so that I can just recover <laughs> and get my head around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm interested in these sort of... Because there's, there's different sort of um, phantom, phantom time theories. So I don't know if you've heard of... There's one, the Phantom Dark Age, and there's also the Phantom Greek Dark Age. Have you come across those in your, your research, your reading? Say that again? The what Dark Age? The Phantom Dark Age. Uh-huh. And, the, and the Phantom Greek, Ancient Greece, Dark Age. No, I don't think I'm familiar with either of those. What What are they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read a book. Um, I forget the author's name, but it's called, I think it's called A Guide to the Phantom Dark Age. And okay. it's, it suggests that there's a period of history... Uh, sort of between 400 and 700 AD that mm-hmm. was that was sort of made up basically because the emperor wanted to be crowned at the year 1000 i can't remember what emperor it was 
So they changed wow. the date, basically. Yeah, they just they just sort of made things up. Yeah. Um, the the Greek Dark Age is more complicated. That's to do with the faults in Egyptology. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Where the, the this sort of because of sort of a mistranslation and interpolations and things, they think they um, that maybe there was an invention of about two hundred years at around seven hundred BC. Sort of between the the collapse of the Bronze Age and the start of what we'd call ancient Greece with Homer, mm-hmm. Hesiod, and then through to Pythagoras. And I actually, I found in my reading this week a piece of supportive oh. evidence for that. Wow. I've, left, I've left the book, I, I bookmarked it, but I've left it in the house, so I can't explain it, but maybe in part two. Mm. But where, where do you stand wow. on, on phantom history, Courtney? Are you, are you in the sort of Dan Stevens camp, or are you still thinking things through, or, or what? So I, I'm still really thinking things through because there's the problem with it is that there's so many theories and there's so little conclusive evidence. So the, at best, what we have is a lot of data points that we can try and string together and make a theory based upon. But we also have a lot of people invested in us not knowing the real truth. So I... I don't know. It's really, really hard for me to decipher what is actually real and what is not. What I what I have kind of come to conclude is I'm really pretty sure that there have been multiple resets. I I don't think that this great reset is the first uh, or only. I think there have been many in the past. Um, I do think that there seems to be a coordinated kind of uh, through line and not necessarily a one group or one people who are controlling things, but it's definitely a shared world's view, and that gets passed on. So they, that's why it works in tandem, because they pass it on to the future, you know, their progeny. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Beyond that, it's uh, pretty hard to... I I definitely feel like in the past year and a half, I have been much more open to things that I would never have been open to prior. <laughs> so what do you put that down to? Why do you think you've you've your outlook has changed and that and you're more susceptible is the wrong word, but you're more sort of uh, inclined to question things when it comes to history. Was there something um, in particular that sort of you think maybe triggered that or I think I really was kind of in the dark about just how much we've been lied to about previously. I don't think it's not like I was ever trusting of my government or my authorities, you know, figures. It's not I didn't have a blind trust that just was never ingrained in me. But I didn't realize just how much was a lie. And once you start to see how many layers there are to these lies, it becomes much harder to take something as face value. And then when you start to see the motive, I'm really big on a lot of times, because as I said, we don't always have conclusive evidence, but if you look at what the motives are, it can kind of guide you towards at least determining whether or not the quote unquote fact is actually fact or not. So you start with, you know, 
determining whether or not something is actually true. That doesn't necessarily mean you have the answer. I think that that's the problem I, I find with a lot of people who start to do this type of research is they uncover that something is not true, like on the surface, and then they decide that the converse must be true, which is not necessarily the case. It's usually much more nuanced than that. But I do think a good starting place is figuring out whether the thing that we take for granted to be true is actually true. I think that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I mean, most of this information is just spoon fed us through the education system. And uh, that sort of the, the the school system in here is it's not as bad as it used to be, I don't think. But it's really? very uh, in terms of conformity. Mm-hmm. And uniforms and like that Victorian style, getting children ready to work in the factory to do the mm. factory job mm. where a bell goes right. off, ding, 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 break time over, you know, and we all sit in rows facing the same way, wearing our corporate school uniform. That's what it's a lot of that is for is teaching you to be a good boy, do what you're told, don't question things. And preparing yeah. you to be a you know a useful slave for the corporations. <laughs> yeah. No, one hundred percent. You you're all Amish, correct? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this, where did that come from? Who knows at this point? Um, I think it was because uh, basically nobody w- would listen to the podcast except for the Amish, so we might as well call it the Amish Inquisition. Right. And it's like the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, yeah, and it's like the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects... Spanish Inquisition. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. And nobody especially expects the Amish Inquisition, do they? No. No. Yeah, no, you definitely don't expect the Amish Inquisition. (laughs) I don't know if there's even any... Is there any Amish people in the UK? That's what I was wondering. I don't think yeah. there are. Us <laughs> three. Yeah, but we're, but we're no, not. I don't think there are. I, I think it originated in the United States. Yeah. I think there might be some Mennonites. There yeah, is. I think, there, I think that's right. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it started in Pennsylvania, didn't it? Mainly? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I actually just interviewed, like a couple of months ago, I interviewed an Amish guy. Yeah. Oh. He left. He left the Amish All right. community. Though. All right. So, I was going to say, where yeah. did he get his laptop from? <laughs> <laughs> he left. They, they rebelled. Yeah. No, I think that the. I, I'm curious about the education system there, though, because that is actually one of the things too is learning how much of what we're taught in our school system mm-hmm. is it about even just American history is actually not true. Like how much of American history that we learn in our school system is propaganda. That was really eye-opening for me because you go to school and you, you take for granted that what you're being taught is actually fact. And in a lot of cases, it's not. Yeah. And particularly in, in history, you know, when you do history yeah, lessons mostly, in school, yeah, I mean, exactly. we're, we're, le- we're learning the, the Western interpretation of, mm. of history. I don't even look at it as the Western interpretation. I a lot of it really is propaganda. It's really designed to make you believe a certain narrative. And a lot of in a lot of cases, that narrative is not actually accurate. And you start reading. I mean, I've got like. Look at these these books that are legitimate people. It's not like they're although the name is a little bit deceptive but it's not conspiracy stuff like this proofs of a conspiracy 
was published for the first time in 1798. Wow. George Washington. Yes, yeah, 1798. There's another one. It's, I don't have it. It's in the other room, but it's uh, called Code of the Illuminati. And that was also published 1798. This one, George Washington used to warn the public about the Illuminati. The other one, Thomas Jefferson used to warn the public. And then there's like, you know, Anthony Sutton, who is not, you know, a, uh, I mean, this is a, uh, like a very well-esteemed historian who is telling very uh, different perspectives of American history. And when you start really doing some of that research, you, you start reading things like Carol Quigley's Tragedy and Hope. Yep. You know, he was an archivist for the CFR. And he says things like, you know, our CFR has basically chosen our federal presence for the past hundred years. And he's, he was writing that in the sixties. So I don't know. I, I just feel like when you start to read, not, you know, off the cuff conspiracy books, but like actual history, <laughs> you, you learn that the things that we were taught in class were not so accurate. And there, I don't just see it as like a Western interpretation. I really see it as a, you know, the powers that shouldn't be narrative that they want us to be sold. And you've also got, if you're going down that route, uh, things like Edward Bernays, Jacques Ellieu mm-hmm. on propaganda to see how they actually do it, how they use well, them, yeah. how they control the narrative. And so, and again, it's mainstream stuff. It's not one of my favorite, One of my favorite rabbit holes, and, and you all may be familiar with it because uh, you're in the UK, but uh, is Tavistock. A lot of have you are you familiar with Tavistock? It's just yeah, been shut down. Of, <laughs> yes. So the, now more people are hearing about it because of the scandal with the uh, transgender. Um, but, but prior to that, a lot of people had never heard of Tavistock, at least here in the States. Mostly. I don't know over there, but it literally started out as a propaganda bureau. That's what it was called. You know, it was also known as the Wellington House, but it was literally called the propaganda, the British Propaganda Bureau. And they created it because Germany had a propaganda bureau. So, of course, they have to have a British Propaganda Bureau. But, yeah, that Edward Bernays was one of the uh, forerunners and uh, he was a double nephew of Sigmund Freud. Uh, and his nephew is uh, Mark Randolph Bernays, who is the founder of Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no connection there between propaganda and Netflix whatsoever. None at all. None whatsoever. None all. Yeah. It's and just good wholesome to, fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Of course. He mm. went to my alma mater, actually. He went to Hamilton. The nephew, the Netflix guy. Yeah, the Netflix guy. Mm. Yep. I mean, he, he, um. when you start looking into sort of like the media and things like that, it becomes sort of very strange when how interconnected and sort of how sort of small the the guiding sort of people are behind it essentially you know yeah the main five media companies yeah that that own pretty much every other media outlet Mm -hmm. i forget what they are is it nbc peacock uh time warner universal there's there's about five country uh, countries Mm -hmm. the richer than most countries countries. yeah they basically are their own country yeah yeah (laughs) and it it becomes uh, a lot easier to control the narrative and public perceptions when you control such a a large chunk of the media that's consumed Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the media is controlled by the big pharmaceutical companies. Definitely. That's why they run all all those ads about, you know, you you should take this. These side effects may include nausea, vomiting, Mm -hmm. blur vision, depression, anxiety, death. Please call your doctors to see if it's right for you. Yeah. You see, we don't we don't have that. There's yeah. only the US. There's the yeah. US and New Zealand, I think. Who yeah, who I have right. who have pharmaceutical adverts on the media. Now yes. there is uh I'm sure I have seen an advert for a chicken pox vaccine. Oh, I was gonna say, apart from like in the last two years okay. where I mean, basically, the government has been the PR marketing mm-hmm. um, campaign manager for the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, but I suppose, and I suppose to a certain, there wasn't, um, say, for you know, like Pfizer wasn't sort of or hasn't been advertising their sort of uh, vaccines or medications or things like that. But um, our, our health system, the NHS, would um, sort of. Uh, promote people taking a flu vaccine for example wouldn't they prior to covid as well seasonality in, in sort of like from now basically until sort of the early in the new year yeah i mean that that's government public health yeah. campaign sort of thing that they do every year isn't it they'll mm-hmm. put they'll put adverts in bus shelters and on billboards and things maybe yeah would they advertise i don't watch tv so yeah, do they, they advertise they, on tv i mean it used to be on the bbc so, like, in between sort of uh, programs. So, the BBC doesn't have adverts. I don't know if you know that in, in the UK mm-hmm. uh, at all. Yeah. And in between sort of, in between programs, they would sort of play a, a short clip about some flu uh, virus being sneezed out across a bus. And then, you don't remember that one, and then it would be like a spiky <laughs> ball, and it'd float towards you, and it'd say, get your... Really? Vaccines. Uh, get away from me. Yeah. With these spiky for flu. For flu. And then, obviously, you know, it became the whole COVID thing, didn't it, essentially? That was one of the things that really um, disturbed me about the last two years was the, the, the media messaging sponsored by mm-hmm. the government, the, the sort of campaign fear. There's a great book by, I think, Laura Dodsworth called State of Fear, where she documents yeah. um, how the government used this messaging, particularly in the UK, and how it was influenced by... Have you have you heard of the Behavioural Insights team? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, you have I mean, one over there now. We uh, the, It started in the UK, and we've since exported it across the world. So you're welcome. You're welcome for that. Do you not think it started yeah, in China? Yeah, so one? much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, what would we do without that? I mean, people might actually think for themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of um, sedi- no, not seditious. That's the wrong word. Um, sinister that the the, yeah. the colloquial name for this behavioural insights team is the nudge unit. Mm. They want to nudge your behaviour without you knowing. That's the game, and I just find that incredibly sinister and what is it the nudge nudge unit yeah it's openly referred to in the media and by sort of politicians as the nudge unit interesting Mm. wow i I will have to look into that some more i mean that's fine for me i don't take much media i don't really consume much tv or anything anymore so it doesn't really doesn't work on me how have you been 
disconnected from from TV and stuff for quite a while, Courtney. For a long time, yeah, yeah. I years actually. I I was an actress, and so I was very plugged into you know television and entertainment and then when i then i got was very plugged into like news media for a while uh because i got involved with kind of the quote unquote underground hollywood conservative group that was so secretive that it was on the front front page of the new york times you know it was very underground um but uh i was was involved with that and i was watching a lot of news and i was doing a lot of news also uh you know like roundtable news shows and stuff and and then at some point i just i kind of just needed a break from all of it and i just turned all of it off so it has really been years for me i don't really think there's been much good uh I mean, the news, I think, is just poison, but the even entertainment material, I feel like, hasn't been very good in a very long time. So, yeah, yeah I think the quality has dipped. It just seems like, mm-hmm. particularly with the streaming services, it just seems mm-hmm. like corporate product now. Mm. New product yeah. being released this week, consume. Mm. And the, the, I just don't think the writing and the plot are, you know, just there's so much I just, just not great. I feel like it used to be, I mean, it's oh, they've always had predictive programming and propaganda embedded into entertainment. But now I feel like it's so transparent that <laughs> the art isn't really there anymore. It's not even entertaining. It's now just pedantic propaganda. And that's what they used to say about like the political right, that they didn't do a good job of entertainment because it was just pedantic and, uh, you know, really heavy laden messaging. But now I feel like all of it is it's it's just it's so transparent and it you can't really get lost in it anymore. Whereas it used to be really effective, I feel like, because you didn't realize you were watching propaganda. Whereas now, I mean, maybe that's just because I'm much more awake to it, but I don't think so. I think it's a combination. Yeah, I'm increasingly finding that, you know, when you're watching stuff, especially in sort of like the streaming, it just seems to be content. It's content, isn't it? We need something new to put out and the quality behind it, you know, is is awful most of the time. I I wonder how much of it is down to the model, the streaming model, the subscription model it's a complete game changer compared to the way we used to consume media Uh, it was it was based on advertising so commercials and you would have it's different we have less commercials than you generally in the states because you have commercials like every 15 minutes don't you we do right so if your show better be good Mm. because if your show's not there not good you're not going to sell ad revenue Mm -hmm. whereas now we're on a subscription service once they've got your money doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if the shell stinks. We've got. No. We've already got your money, and we don't need to keep. You know, like a, se- a season which is eight episodes. The first episode is okay, all right, and then they can just decline after that. Mm. And it, and Netflix yeah. don't care if you stop watching after three episodes. So what? You've already paid for it, <laughs> loser. <laughs> and it's completely changed it's the way media works. And I think this is why. Modern modern TV is so shit now. <laughs> I, I think Prove me wrong. Largely <laughs> accurate. Yeah, I think that's very accurate. I think, and it, I yeah. think it's also because they need to. Uh, so the based based on the streaming model, they're uh, 
their profit model is also different because like you said, it's not advertising anymore. So they used to have, now they want to make it as cost effective as possible, whereas they used to pride themselves on, you know, spending more to have the production quality look extravagant. I mean, that was actually something that was lauded, like having extravagant production value. Now, especially the technology has changed as well. So you don't need to spend as much. And almost anybody can really like from a home studio, create a lot of what they're doing and putting on Netflix or any of the other streaming models for that matter. So not as much goes into it. It's just, it's much more of a a turn around, a churning, like quick turnaround kind of uh, a process. So I think that that changes it a lot. The quality, it definitely does. Like I, I can't think of any probably apart from since maybe the fourth or fifth season of Game of Thrones. These shows mm-hmm. that they used to call water cooler shows, mm-hmm. because yeah. everyone would go right. to work on a Monday morning or a Friday morning and be talking right. about the show that was sure. on last night because it was so good, man. And I just don't think yeah. there is anything like that at the moment. No, no, I agree with you. I don't think so. And Game of Thrones was also one of the, at least the, to my knowledge, since I don't really watch much anymore, but, but that was still a pretty big budget kind of, Mm. uh, more traditional production. You know, it was, it was made more akin to the way a movie would be made like an in theater movie than it was like to typical current, uh, streaming shows. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think maybe um, because the other thing is the streaming services themselves are getting more fragmented. There's Netflix, Disney mm-hmm. Plus, HBO Max. Is it mm-hmm. uh, Discovery? I think have their own streaming thing. Paramount Plus. That's where you watch all your, your crap modern Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Paramount Plus. I mean, do you think? Wow. I, I wonder if how fragmented it can get, and maybe one is going to emerge as like the the winner again. The leader of the pack. Well, that's why they were. That's, well, I suppose like Disney bought up all the content, didn't they? And all the um, what's the word? I'm IP. IP. That's it. Yeah. And went after yeah. sort of like Star Wars, and it had and it bought Marvel, didn't it? A while ago, prior to all that, and started taking all of its films off all the other streamers. Took a lot of films off Netflix as well. So. Yeah, but look what they're doing. They're ruining it all. <laughs> I mean, like, they've killed Star Wars. It has they're, yeah. they're, killing, they're killing Marvel, which was like, that was golden. Yeah, Didn't was. They, Did they buy it after yeah. Endgame or after Infinity War or something? No, I think before. They had it before that. Mm. But, I mean, that was the goose that was laying the golden egg. And mm. look what they've done with it. Mm. They've, yeah. they, they seem to be tanking it. Mm. And you, you, you wonder how... You know, it's the old get woke, grow, go broke thing, isn't it, really? Well, is it that, or is it that the, the people who are writing the films and making the films, are they sort of, is is the generation changing where they've been educated in a in a different kind of culture, perhaps, over the last 10 years? If you're kind of coming out of college and you're like 30 now and you're starting to write movies or whatever, or being involved in productions, do you have a different mindset to us? I don't... It just was brought up on... Predator and uh, Sylvester Stallone in Cobra. I don't know. I think it's probably more to do with ESG and where where they get the money uh, yeah. from. Maybe. I think so. 
to finance? Have you looked into the uh, environmental, social governments? Yeah, ESG is a Trojan horse for the feudal system. The social credit, AI, fascist, technocratic feudal system. Yeah, it's really scary. And I'm just shocked how few people know anything about it. Well, how yeah. many, Courtney, how many people read, you know, like the UN, United Nations 2030 documents? No one. Not enough. They're, watch, Not they're enough. watching She-Hulk <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Rings of Prime. <laughs> people need to be aware of the Agenda 20, 2130. They're now talking about moving it up to Agenda 27, which is not very far away. That's really horrifying. I'm fine yeah. with Agenda 2130. That's what it is. <laughs> what? what? Agenda 2130. That's a long way away. So <laughs> well, the end, get, the end goal is 2050, I think, isn't it? Isn't that what everything's working towards? Yeah, well, they, yeah, 2050 is a big one. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if it's the end, but it's definitely, you know, where they want to, a dissolution of the nation states by 2050. So that will essentially be the NWO, you know. Yeah, well, we've been waiting really long have. enough. I, Ike's been going on about it for long, for so long. It's about mm-hmm. time they got to move on, isn't it? With this, well, uh, they, are you, you going to take they over don't the world or not? Wasting time now. Well, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is we cl- played clips, didn't we, of, of Schwab, <laughs> of <laughs> Klaus Schwab. Anal Schwab. Yeah, talking about this this glorious opportunity <laughs> for a great reset, and it's yeah. Yes. Was it an opportunity, yeah. mm. or was it a uh, was it seizing an opportunity, or I was going to say manufactured, but that would be wrong. I, it was manufactured, absolutely <laughs> <was> manufactured. <laughs> That's as good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're probably right, Courtney. What's what's your have I you mean, have you got like a have you like gone as far as a bug out bag? Are you prepping? Or are you just going to... No, I'm not, I'm not a good prepper. I, yeah. I should work on it, but this is the, I'm not there. I, mm. I, I advocate people being there, but I am not there. Um, but yeah, do as I say, not as I do. It's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a prepper. I, I do think it's smart. I really do. I mean, yeah, so his COVID-19, The Great Reset, he wrote all about, you know, the past two years and... He talked about all the lessons he wrote it in 2019 and or published in 2019. And then he talks about all the lessons that we're going to learn from something that hadn't actually occurred yet. So he's either incredibly prescient or he had some sort of uh, information. (laughs) I've heard is it was it incredibly boring to read that book? Yes, it it was awful. It's not well written. It's a bunch of like gobbledygook language it's a lot of kind of corporate Mm. it's what all the white paper like corporate white paper languages it's it was not fun yeah it's management speak isn't it about getting a helicopter view of the situation which comes out of a tavistock right i have a the book here right there operational research right okay Yeah, Yeah, that was Tavistock's first uh, publication. And it was found in the midst of, like, IBM manuals, randomly. Yeah. Wow. 
I've got a, yeah. I've got a, I think it's Daniel Estulin. I think I've got a Daniel Estulin book on the Tavistock, and I just haven't got around yeah. to it yet. It's on, it's in the pile, but I just haven't got there yet. So there's only two books on it that I know of. One is Dan Estulin's, which is fantastic. His is a little bit more operational. It's more uh, the strategy and the tactics that the Institute uses the, to execute the PSYOPs. And then the other one is uh, Dr. John Coleman. Now, you can't buy it online because it's almost $5,000. Oh, well, you can if you have a lot of money that you want to spend on books. But it, it's almost $5,000 to buy it off of Amazon, which I think is like the equivalent of modern-day book banning, right? They just make it so expensive that the masses can't afford to buy it. But you can you can get the PDF, and I, I've read that one. And that one's fantastic. I think yeah. I've read – I think I've got one of his books – about the Club of Rome, did he do one on the Club of Rome? The, he did Coleman. one on the. He did one on the Committee of Three Hundred. That's the one. That's the one. Got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that one too. He's, he's yeah, not. He wrote fifteen so, books. He's not with he's us like, anymore, is he? Did he pass away? No, and I kind of wonder if they took him out because, I well, I can't find any information on his death. And I know he was old, but the last interview I heard with him was in 2012. And I have actually somewhere saved on my phone. Like the there was a three-part interview series uh, that he did on InfoWars. And that was kind of the last I really heard of him. And, and that was 2012. And he, granted, he was older. But you would still think then if you look up, you know, they could have said died of old age or whatever. But there's no information at all on what happened to him. Which makes me wonder. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a. Yeah. I, I had similar th- thoughts about Carrie Mullis. The way. Oh, for uh, sure. Very convenient. Mm. I and I recently read this study. It was done in 2008 on uh, the PCR test and how it's used for cloning. Really. Yeah, and apparently the NIH admits that. Mm. Is that something to do with like um, harvesting the sample that you take? When I, you, or do you not know? I, that's that. That's my guess. I mean, I, I obviously I, that the, that's a leap to then make that conclusion, but that is my guess. Do you yeah. think anyone's cloned a human yet, Courtney? I know they've cloned half humans, like hybrids. Wow! Yeah, they, they've they've done that. I so, thought stuff came out of China about people, yeah. humans being cloned there. Yep. I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. There. Well, partially sure that it's and, happened. And the part human, <laughs> the part human hybrids. Mm. Top or bottom? <laughs> what? Top or bottom is the top human or the bottom? Oh, <laughs> I don't think it works quite like that. All oh, right. <laughs> You're thinking of the yeah. human centipede. No, I was thinking of like a centaur. You know, like a yeah. No, I know what you're thinking, but Ma- I, I think it's looks more like tonight. a genetic mashup than it is like a a caricature. No. No, I never. Yeah. I, I assume that someone somewhere is doing it. Is is experimenting yeah, well, with I mean, human clones? I've seen. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're correct. That out of China, and I, I think there's other places that have done it. But the, the hybrids I've seen, as far as cloning human, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that both Elon and Yuval Noah Harari have talked about it. So I imagine it's true. 
Um, yeah, he would Noah Harari. He's a he's a he's a real lunatic. He's he's <laughs> definitely a scary character. You know, some of the things he says are pretty horrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking back. When was Dolly the Sheep cloned? Was that in the mid nineties? Yeah, late nineties. Mid nineties. Oh, yeah, yeah, so say yeah. say twenty five years ago, that was made public. I mean, you can assume that the black ops systems around the world are at least twenty years ahead of what they publish sure. what's being publicized. So For sure. I might be a clone. We could all be clones. We could all be cyborgs too. Yeah. Oh, this is what I find this quite unsettling, this um this sort of transhumanism stuff, Courtney. So, so unsettling. Unsettling is like a euphemism for what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, it's satanic. No, it's really <laughs> I mean, yeah. it raises an interest, interesting question, though, in sort of when do you stop becoming a human? Was like that line? Because I think, you know, if you, you, you go off to Afghanistan... And you get hit by an, an IED and we, we put a like a false leg or a false arm prosthetic. I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's fine. Yeah. You know, you can, people get um, contact lenses and well, you like, okay. you know, so this is this is. Yeah, I, I love that you bring this up because this is like a, a very personal one for me. And I don't like when they try to complete them. You know, people try and argue that these type of bionic enhancements, as they call them, are a form of transhumanism. And I actually don't agree. I So I very much am a byproduct of, you know, because I'm blind in one eye, I wear hearing aids, I had, I'd had heart surgery when I was a year old. Like I had all sorts of medical and uh, physical complications from birth. So I wear bilateral hearing aids. I, you know, wear contact, like... I don't think this makes me somehow transhuman. These are technological advancements for which I'm very grateful that have enhanced my life so that I can function the way most humans would function, uh, you know, biologically. You know, it helps me to be closer to that. But it's not a transhuman. When they talk about transhuman, so they're trying to say that that's in enveloped in that category of transhumanism to try and normalize it but when they talk about transhumanism they they keep talking about merging man and machine not the same thing i take my hearing aids out at night like they are not a part of me Mm. you know like they don't suddenly uh dictate my thoughts or my actions they just make things louder so i can hear you when i put my contacts in it makes it so i can see things more clearly it's not altering my human experience it may enhance it to some degree but it's not altering my human experience whereas this merging of man machines the line between and you've all know harari says this he says we don't have consciousness he says you know free will is a thing of the past although ironically he says that we're going to have our consciousness uploaded to the high borg mind right (laughs) i thought we didn't have a conscience so how is that possible but somehow the the consciousness that we have is being uploaded but that's what he's talking about he's talking and he says that you know we're we're all going to be controlled that we you know don't have free will we don't have a soul and i think that's really that's the line that's transhumanism because i think that that's the component that makes humanity what it is and it's that intangible spiritual component that they 
they're trying so hard to control. Yeah, and the fact that our lives are finite as well. You know, the, yeah. the way uh, Kurzweil and, and Harari talk about mm-hmm. uploading your consciousness so that yeah. you could hypothetically... I don't buy it. I think it's bullshit. You can't upload your consciousness. It isn't going to be yeah. your consciousness. It's just going to be a, a counterfeit, a copy. You're still going to die, and you, your consciousness is going to die with it, and there'll just be some crappy PDF version on a server somewhere. <laughs> Fuck that. Not interested. Yep. <laughs> right? no, thank so, you. <laughs> so that's yeah, what makes it special with the fact that we're finite and that our time yeah. is limited and we don't know how much time we have, so we better make the most of it. And they, them yeah. offering this sort of carrot of immortality in some matrix dystopian nightmare. I just don't yeah. get it. I don't get the attraction. It's, it's like you said, it's what makes us human to start with. Yep. I think the attraction for them is they think that they're going to be, I mean, this is what Yuval Noah Harari says, is that they're going to be gods. You know, they, they he says that they will replace the gods of the Bible and that they will supersede him because the biblical God can only create organic material and they will be able to create inorganic material, which surpasses the biblical God. And I think that's what it really is about for them. This is, it's a Gnostic worldview that, you know, they're going to be gods. Oh, I didn't see Gnostic coming up there. How do you mean by yeah. a Gnostic worldview? So that's a, so Gnostic comes from Gnosis, which is to know. And it's this notion of having uh, inner knowledge. So it's a esoteric knowledge. And the Gnostics, uh, it, it comes out of a time period, a heretical period of history they were they were called the gnostics but the the concept of gnosticism it can very colloquially be explained <laughs> that they see uh god as the enemy because god has limited man it, we are finite and we are limited in our knowledge and our capacity and gnostics believe that they can uh, achieve and ascertain esoteric knowledge would, would then enable them to supersede the limitations of humanity. So this is why a lot of them subscribe to not all, but you know, like a Luciferian type worldview where they believe Lucifer is the real God. He's the light bearer. He illuminates and, you know, terms like the Illuminati, right? He illuminates and therefore it gives them access to this knowledge that supersedes the limitations of man. Yeah, these these early Gnostics, they believed that the God of the Old Testament, the creator of the material mm-hmm. world, if you want to call it, was the, actually the Demiurge, Ialdabaoth yep. was another name, and that he, right. he was he was in error when he created the universe that we live in. He uh, he sort of ran away from his mum, Sophia, meaning wisdom, said, I can do this, I'll do this on my own, and he created this thing. And then the story of Adam and Eve... Yeah, the, the Genesis three. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. the serpent um, is is sort of anthropomorphized. Anthropomorphized. Anthropomorphized wisdom. Right. You know, I. You should. Uh, you know, this God's holding you back, Adam and Eve. Take the apple. Take the the knowledge yeah. of of good and evil. 
in now. Yep. And uh, yeah, and this this plays into the the sort of not the concept of gnosis that through the study of all these sort of esoteric stuffs that you can ascend, if you like, that we've been separated in this material realm and we can go back to unity to oneness as it's called in the uh, the new age it's very much linked with the new age movement isn't it Gnosticism. yeah yeah for sure new age uh, it stems from the mystics and the gnosticism uh it was madame blavatsky who kind of popularized it and i, I think just even the term new age right like new order and uh, that's the 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 occultist notion of uh, order through chaos, which is very much new agey. It's about bringing everything into the one. Yeah. Uh, the, the age of, the age of yeah. Aquarius. Yep. I was exposed to this, like maybe, oh, what year is it? 2022, maybe about 12 years ago, maybe when I saw the Zeitgeist yeah. movie. Which, uh, yes. which was a conspiracy movie on the surface, but it takes about maybe the first hour. It's just mm-hmm. the narrator trying to disassemble Christianity and religion and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. I was a young man back there and I bought it hook, line and sinker. But, you know, you, when you're young and stupid, you, you take things and you believe them and you don't question things. You don't critically think about them. And it's only sort of in the recent years where I've, started to, uh, you know, look at things differently, shall we say? Yeah, I I feel that. I mean, there's so much that in the past year and a half, I can't, I look back and I can't believe that I believed what I believed. <laughs> I, I, I'm like embarrassed <laughs> that I actually bought some of these narratives. Yeah. It's so For easy sure. though, isn't it? To just go along with you know, I remember. I remember when I used to read books when I was younger and think that it was the gospel, mm-hmm. not the gospel, but colloquially the gospel. Oh well, this author's right. read this. This this author has written this book. It must be true. Mm. And you just can't play that game. Half most no. of it's bullshit. Well, also because it's written by humans, and humans are fallible. So. Not everything they say and do or write is going to be 100% accurate. And that's not possible. Not only are they fallible, they also have motives. Mm. So it's not always mm-hmm. just an honest mistake. It's I've said it before, but you've got to read the author. Who's the author? Yeah. When, when are they writing? What are the motives? What are their political yeah. affiliations? You've got to take all this into account when you read a book. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I might just stick with Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying Harry Potter. I've been reading it with my kids. It's good. Harry Potter was great. I thought it was lots of fun. (laughs) J.K. Rowling has some Mm -hmm. sort of uh, knowledge of occult stuff. Yes, it it appears she does. And symbology. You can pick it up in in the text. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. So you you yeah. look shocked. No, you can can do. Yeah, there is. Mm. Courtney, yeah. we've we've done over an hour already. Whoa! I know. Wow! Yes, we have. Awesome! That's been fun. Mm. <laughs> been nice to meet you, Courtney. Yeah, we didn't yeah, even. Likewise. I can't believe I wanted to ask you about your superhero origin story because every superhero needs an origin story, and we didn't even get around to it. No, we did not. But, I mean, you could always listen to the first episode of your podcast because you go over it there, don't you? I, I do go over it there. Yes, this is true. 
And I kind of cover it a little bit in my bio on my website. And you can come to my show if you're in the area. And I will be doing streaming tickets only for my half of the event. Uh, so, yeah, because uh, Jay's going to be speaking as well. So for half of the event, the first half, I will have my section for those who are not in the Nashville area. But if you're in Tennessee, please come. Uh, the tickets are on my website and I will be doing an aerial acrobatic performance. And then I will share my story and talk about how I overcame it and how I use movement as a teacher, uh, physical training to overcome adversity and uh yeah, talk about movement philosophy and ways that you can incorporate it into your life so that you can defy the odds in your life as well. When is that, Corny? That's going to be on October 15th. Oh, right. And Plenty of time. Have... Pardon? Plenty of time to get your tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a few, it's a few weeks out. And uh, I don't have the streaming tickets up yet, but I will have those too. But if you're in the area, you should come in person because it'll be fun. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for that. You can buy them. You. you can get them through your website, can't you? Mm -hmm. Get the you tickets can. through your yeah. website. I'll put a link so in the show notes. So when you go to my website, there's a section that says aerial uh, and speaking events, and that's where it'll be. So cool. Are you going to yeah. be going on tour? Are you going to be going? I you know, doing more live shows. I am actually. I've got a couple lined up. Uh, I have one that's a uh, pretty big that we think we're going to be doing. We're still. It's really early stages right now, uh, but we think we're going to be doing it on my birthday, January fifteenth, and that one is going to be a compilation of several other uh, pretty big bands, uh, music bands, uh, some other kind of performance arts. So I'll be doing aerial. I may have a celebrity uh, singer who's going to be singing while I perform. And uh, there'll be some other performance artists, like some fire artists and other things like that. So, yeah, and that we're putting together as a tour, but it'll start in Nashville. Nice. Yeah. Ace. Right then. Well, should we sign off then? I think so. We should, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, stay on the line for us, Courtney. I'm just going to play ourselves oh. out now. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, if you're watching live, guys, we'll be back in... What, five or ten minutes to do some, some news? Yeah, man. Crush some news. We will. Right. Yes. Okay. See you in a bit, folks. Bye. 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 <laughs> Right, then we're back. The dwarf, oh, the crow, and the mother of madness. Do we not normally play ourselves in? Yeah, I thought we played ourselves in. No? No. Episode no, we don't, 249. Oh. Nope. <laughs> so this is the 249th time we've not played ourselves in. I don't listen to it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, we play ourselves in on the audio. Oh, right, okay. But it's not... It's the playing ourselves out from part one that you're hearing. Oh, I see. It's the magic of... The juice. Cut and paste in, in uh, Reaper. Well, that was Courtney. I was going to say that was Courtney Stodden, but it was that was Courtney Turner. Yeah, from the Courtney oh. Turner podcast. Mm. Should be the Courtney Coug Cougar podcast. Are we going there? <laughs> hey! Oh, she's lovely. I like Courtney. Yeah, she seemed like a really nice person. Um, very interesting uh, tour she's designing. 
and an event she's got going in the middle of next month, 15th of October, I think she was said. Was it 15th? I think so, yeah. Was it in, in Tennessee? It was in Tennessee somewhere. Links in the show notes. Go yeah. to Courtney's website if you want tickets. Yeah. And uh, Jay Dyer's going to be there. Yeah. You know? Big Jay Dyer. Jay Dyer. It's worth, t- worth the admission alone mm. to listen to Jay Dyer and, and meet Jay Dyer. So definitely check that out. It'd be good. Good event. Yeah. Probably more to come. Yeah, and she's doing ac- acrobatics, she said. Yeah, aerial aerial acrobatics. Madness. Yeah, she's... Uh, Save Plopland. Single-handedly <sighs> saving yeah. Plopland. Okay, shall we, uh, shall we do some headlines? Of the week. Capital letters are big. Headlines of the week. Grog on the Tyne. I'm confident no one has more limited edition Newcastle brown ale bottles <laughs> than me, says Geordie Beer Lover. With Let's dive three in. limited edition beer bottles. <laughs> oh, you, you might be oh, underestimating bears. <laughs> A Geordie beer lover reckons he has the world's biggest collection of limited edition Newcastle brown ale bottles. Uh, Finance director Michael Hewitt, 41, has 130 Mm. worth up to £10,000, including a 25 Squadron F3 and a Sid the Sexiest bottle from Viz Comic, both valued at £200 each. The The dad of three who keeps them at home in Motherwell said... I'm confident no one has more bottles than me. If I've got the biggest collection in the UK, then I've definitely got the biggest collection in the world. Social media has made it easier to get all the things. It has. A lot of the bottles have been kept by the same people for a long time. A lot of people put sentimental value on these things. The first bottle I got was an Alan Shearer testimonial bottle there were two million of them some people think they're worth loads why is he so out of breath yeah he sounds constipated it's like he drank all that that proud ale it's such uh, an exasperating accent to do here he is here's the man in question look at that why does he look so sheepish be proud of your bottles (laughs) what is he did he say he was a finance director finance what yeah, finance, finance director. Right. Wow, you'd have to be a finance director. They've got beer in them. That's what I said. I thought they'd be empty. Yeah. You're not even drunk, <laughs> man. No. What's going on, Spooky? Where does he keep them? On the shelf. <laughs> Where? 130 bottles of Nuki Brown on the shelf. 130 bottles. Uh, it's looked like wow. it's like he's been it's like he's been caught with the 130 uh, bottles of Newcastle Ale Brown. Yeah. Oh, cracky! You want me, officer? Yeah. Every every uh, credit. Let's uh, move on. What's the next headline? Oh, he's back. Oh. Small town <laughs> under attack from evil kangaroo mob as residents fight them with sticks, no less. A coastal town in Australia is being plagued by aggressive kangaroos that are attracted to its well-kept residential lawns and leaving people scared to even go out for a walk. 
an otherwise quiet town in Australia is being hounded by a mob of aggressive kangaroos. And we had we had monkeys not so long ago running around killing people, attacking people. It was dogs, wasn't it? No, monkeys in India. <coughs> it was dogs. They were ripping dogs apart. Yeah, and babies. They're going after babies as oh, well. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, Maroom on the Fraser Coast region of Queensland has a population of around just 219 people. Over the past year, the scenic place has, be, has seen numerous attacks by kangaroos, including in July when a 67-year-old woman was ambushed by one while she was out for an evening walk. The victim reportedly needed hospital treatment for a broken femur, scratch, scratches and bite marks after the large marsupial knocked her over and repeatedly kicked her when she was down. The animal eventually turned its attention to a man who'd come at it with a stick before the kangaroo chased him away. Wow. An- another reported kangaroo attack in the town resulted in one person suffering a spinal injury and their friend receiving numerous cuts on the arm. Residents have been warned by wildlife officials to stay away from the invading eastern grey kangaroos in the area. The eastern grey. What is it about grey animals? Grey squirrels are aggressive too. Grey aliens. Grey aliens. With the, the anal greys. probing. The greys, yeah. The grey wolf. <laughs> <laughs> is that it all you got for grey uh, animals? The grey owl. <coughs> oh, right, it's that notorious, is it? The grey owl. It is, yeah. Grey princes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, residents have been warned by wildlife officials to stay away from the invading eastern grey kangaroos. The town's neat and tidy coastal lawns are sometimes taken over by more than 15 kangaroos at a time. Karen Sutcliffe, Maroon Caravan Park Manager, told ABC, ABC News, There are too many to count, really. They're constantly hopping around the park in between caravans. She said residents are now walking around with big sticks to protect themselves and added, they're just so quick, you don't know where you are. <laughs> the park- Neither do I with that accent. <laughs> the park manager enjoys fishing in the afternoon but admitted she's too scared to go. Just in case the kangaroo gets me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, getting, it's just all over the place tonight. Resident Mark Sidaway suggested that more rain in the area over the last two years has led to quicker growing grass and encouraged the marsupials' breeding habits. Climate change? Uh, Climate change causing the attacks? Has there not been um, flooding in Australia this year, this past year? Has it? I think so. I think because it, it used to be that it was in like a drought, wasn't it? And I think it's been there's been lots of heavy rain recently. They've multiplied because we've provided a sizzless smorgasbord for them. Adding that if people don't regularly mow their lawns, it will attract the kangaroos. Frank Mills, Department of Environment and Science Manager for Southern Wildlife Operations, observed that Maroon's problems appeared unusual compared with other communities harassed by kangaroos. I wonder what kangaroo meat tastes like. You can get it. Can you? Yeah. Like ostrich and alligator. Aldi. Yeah, yeah. They're from Aldi, Middle Isle. Is it, <laughs> is it kangaroo uh, steaks? Yeah, kangaroo steaks, kangaroo burgers. Oh, right, okay. All the animals are represented in the Isles of Waitrose. Oh, right, yeah, well, I don't know to Waitrose. What do they eat, kangaroos? Humans. Grass. <laughs> oh, Matt Apocalypse had a kangaroo burger. Yeah. All right, okay. I had what was described as alligator once, or crocodile. 
tastes it like tastes like chicken. It just tastes Fish. like pork, like Ugh. a pork steak. So it could have been a pork steak masquerading Monk as pig. Mm. All right, let's move on. One more. Okay, Phileas Bog. I've spent £150,000 visiting 100 countries to find the world's worst public toilet. Toilet? Toilet. <laughs> the winner is a real shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hellhole. Dad joke incoming. Uh, <laughs> a Brit I says... I to guess where it, where it is, the ooh. worst one. Yeah, you can do, yeah, before I read the story, the, the excerpt. Have a guess. Uh, Tunbridge Wells. Yeah. Is it uh, Sunderland? Negative. I'm going to say India. India. Mm. A Brit says he's found the world's worst public toilet after a 75,000-mile search. Graham Askey, 58, has spent 150 grand visiting 100 countries in his hunt for the grossest bog. Well, do the accent. <laughs> it's not quoted yet. And the travel... Where's he from? Brighton. All oh, right. And the travel writer, <laughs> uh, travel writer's vote goes to a hellhole shrouded by fabric which desperate occupants use as toilet roll. Oh, no. Wow. That's... Well, no, I was just going to say that brings a whole new meaning to wiping your ass on the curtains, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> the five foot horror in Tajikistan. Oh, oh. unlucky. Has sun dried poo <laughs> on the floor <laughs> while snakes and rats lurk in nearby rocks. Oh, wow. Aski scoured the globe like adventure Phileas Fogg, visiting hundreds of loos, and 36 of the crappiest crappers are in his new book Toilets of the Wild Frontier. <laughs> One was a sink in Bangladesh, <laughs> while a bath in China was full of number ones and number twos with the plug left in. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Do you think that was gonna, they were going to use that for salt, Peter? Soup. <laughs> mm, a hut on 10-foot stilts in Indonesia features, as does a wooden chair with an inbuilt toilet seat in Benin. Ex-builder Graham Wright of Brighton said, they're the most inhospitable places on earth, and to spend a single minute inside any of them would be unthinkable, except in the direst of circumstances. I mean, what do you do? You Well, the thing is, what do you do? You call between the devil and the rock. A hard place. place. If you've got to go, you've got to go. I mean, how do you think the conversation went with the tour guide when he got off the plane? Um, can you just show me the worst toilet in Benin, please? Yeah. Show us what you've got. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, how do you do that? Well, he photographed only the outside of the worst loose he visited to spare people the vomit-inducing contents. Wow. He took photos. Oh, here we go. Let's dive in. Um, have I got it is the question. Oh, you fucking tease. Have I got it? Or can we yourself? I don't know. Is it that? Sadiq Khan? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, that's Sadiq Khan. I thought I'd... Uh, I'd put this in the thing. Oh, God, look at this. Look at him. Not an idiot. present. Hmm, let me just... Uh, 
Enhance, <laughs> rotate, magnify. This is a shit story. Um, um, I'm sure I have some pictures of the offending latrines. Building. I mean, there was just... Um, <laughs> oh, wow. There's one. <sighs> Which Oof. one do you think that is? Are we? Can the viewers see that? Yep. That's, yep. Uh, All right, okay. Yeah, uh, that's rough. It is. Oh, here's Just the chair. the slit. Here's the chair. You're not impressed with that one, then? I mean, no. I mean, no. I mean, I'd like to know where it is. What's the next one? Oh, there's the commode. Yeah, standard. It's not that bad. No. Fetch it. That's the winner. Oh, oh but I suppose you know, if you want to um at least it's meant to wipe your ass. <laughs> oh my god, he's wiping his ass. No. Yeah. <laughs> Is it panda there? Do you see this um, shit? I mean I would just do it. I would just poo in just there next to it. Would you <laughs> rather than go inside? Yeah, you can have it. Statement. Yeah, just poo next to it. Ooh, that's, that's a bad. That's a bad one. Feces. And see it. There's feces and just litter in there. <laughs> that's uh, that's bad. Yeah. I feel like I've seen worse in. <laughs> Some Northwest nightclubs. I mean, that fucking when we went to that beer festival the other weekend. Uh, did you not go in? Did you go in that toilet at the end? I tell you I about went that. in early. I, did, I didn't go in at the end. I heard the story. It was like just sprayed with fucking shit and vomit, and this was like a, the day. The cubicle. You yeah. went in the cubicle. Yeah. What did you need a poo? No, I went for a wee. But in it was the like, cubicle. there was a queue. There was a massive queue. Well, so sure I is. thought, oh, I'd go for a wee. you want to put your trousers around your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was waiting for the urinal when someone came out of that cubicle gipping. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like, yeah, sprayed with sick. And, there was no yeah. way I was going in there. But I, I managed. Wow. I sucked it up and went for a piss. Because I'm a man. What's that, that? That's the one on stilts. In oh. Indonesia. I mean, that's fine. Look at that. It looks nice. Yeah. No wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. There's the man himself. Oh. Get a real is. job. <laughs> Where did he get his 150 he? grand from? I know, yeah. Human trafficking. Is that a nice watch, Matt? Right. <laughs> <can't tell> <laughs> Probably not, no. It's not on his wiping wrist. No. <laughs> exactly. There you go, toilet news, covered. <laughs> you asked for it, we delivered. Yeah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Carl Pilkinson's dad. It's a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways of doing this, and my favourite, as ever, is word of mouth. Spreading the message. Maybe you uh, 
Maybe you're in a Facebook group or a Discord server or a, you're in a Telegram channel or something. If you think that uh, the people in those mediums may enjoy the content that is provided, share a link. Mm. Help us grow. Grow. We need to grow. Yeah. What's your favourite way, Ben? My favourite way is the purchasing of tangible materials from the Amish Loop chest. You can buy a current crepe t-shirt, an Amish Inquisition hoodie, a bacon nuts t-shirt on screen now. Uh-oh. The low, low price of £26. <laughs> £26. Cheap, cheap at double the price. It is. Or, you know, if you've got some coppers lying around, for £11.17, mm. you can buy a bacon nuts mug and uh, drink your bovril from it, which I, I understand is a beef-related drink and not a pork-related drink, although I'm struggling to think of a palatable pork-related beverage. I've just realised. I've just realised that I took those screenshots um, like months ago, before the old uh, an emergency budget and uh, oh. the pound tanking again. So that eleven twenty seven might not get you a mug anymore. No, I doubt it. No, just the handle. But you know, yeah. So anyway, my favourite way is uh, joining the Discord. Um, and come and talk to us. You know, I'll uh, send. If you join the Discord, I will uh, say hello to you. With Limp a, Dick City with with a, <laughs> with a little icon that pops up. It's normally a puppy that does some breakdancing and says "sup." I can, I speak um, purely in GIF form in the Discord. You do some thumbs up too, don't you? Do some emojis. Yeah, usually like Mrs. Doubtfire doing a thumbs up or something. Maybe yeah, Doctor Evil. Mm-hmm. My gifts of choice. Yeah, the body of GIF. It's pronounced GIF. It's pronounced GIF. GIF, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, And then if you join the Discord, you can provide us with materials with which to make the podcast. So headlines, you could share headlines. You could share videos. If there's something in a video that's particularly long, timestamp it. For God's sake. Yeah, help produce the content that makes you a producer rather than a, an eavesdropper, a listener. Yeah, exactly. We are crowd-sourced, crowd-produced exactly. in that respect. You could do a jingle request. I had one of those for a while. Five pounds, though, minimum. Five pounds. Yeah, but I mean, people who are on the five pounds recurring, sustaining donations, if you want a jingle... Yes. You know, you're already paying for it. Might as well have it. Exactly, yeah. You know, I want... Some uh, random Biden. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. (laughs) Who's accountable for that? (laughs) Um, You can request a birthday shout-out. You can send memes for Instagram. Yeah, memes are funny. And it gives us something to post on Instagram. Guest suggestions. We get a lot of guest suggestions that are good. And we implement them. We do. As many as we can. Yeah, we do. Uh, You can smash the like button on YouTube and Odyssey and Rumble. Or leave a comment. Hey, if you've nothing to say, leave an emoji. Yeah, leave an emoji. Just for the algo. <laughs> uh, go on Spotify and give us a five star rating. Oh yeah, that's that's relatively new. Yeah, if you're listening on Spotify and about I think about thirty percent of you are, mm. uh, you can leave us a, a thumbs up. 
that mm. probably helps. Probably. I mean, you know, is there anything that you could do in terms of chi, do you think? Focus chi. So maybe you have an interview coming up. Maybe um, you've got an exam that you're nervous about. Mm. Maybe you've had a, a lover's tiff yeah. with your significant other and uh, you require the Amish community to focus our chi collectively in your direction for your given aim. Either email us at thearmistinquisition.gmail.com or there's a thread in the Discord where you can uh, submit a focus chi request and we will implement that to you. I will aim it at your pineal gland. Matt will aim it in, at your prostate. If you're a man, obviously. I'd take a yeah. scattergun approach. Yeah. Shotgun. To most things. Mm. Artwork? Yeah, show artwork. We have new uh, artwork for every episode. You can submit that, again, via the email address in the show notes or via the Discord. And uh, I knocked this one up this week. Incoming. Big on the filters. Big on the old cartoonification filter there. Again, it's not even a filter. Looking good. Whatever it is. No, GIMP doesn't do it. Not as good as that anyway. Okay. I have to use an external weapon. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, we've got, what have we got there? The Milky Way highlighted in fuchsia. Yeah, obviously I've, I've, I've took the colour palette from Courtney's garment mm. plus her logo and tried to... Yeah. Mold them together somewhat. Mm. And if you need a trail of Starlink satellites. Yeah. (laughs) And you need to now (laughs) replace the O with a zero in her name before we're taken down. (laughs) (laughs) Because Zortney. Yeah. Yeah. Reviews. Leave us a review. You did say that. Oh, I thought we did Spotify, but if you're on iTunes, you can give us an iTunes review. Mm. Those have come in handy. Yeah. Anything else? Any other way to become a producer? Um, you could print all our podcast information out and throw <laughs> it off a local tower block. Absolutely. From the big conspirators. That might be my new favourite way of spreading the word. Mm. But I suppose you could always give us some cash. Toss a coin. Toss to a coin. Do it for the lads. 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 Oh, we're northern and we're miserable and the weather's fucking shit we've got to the armistinquisition.com there's a paypal button there we didn't even talk about paypal with courtney when we were talking about censorship and stuff fucking hell what they're they? going off the deep end man are they what are they doing Just shutting accounts down left right and center if you don't you know support the message the free speech union shut down their account wow because you know they support people who've been cancelled Mm. With legal aid and stuff. Can't have that. Wow. Can't have that. So they shut, shut it down. And they shut the, the guy who set it up, they shut, that, shut down his personal PayPal account as well, just for good measure. Toby, old Tobes. But it's been loads. Uh, that, oh, Us For Them, is it? That, is it a children's charity? Um, shut them down. Because it's, you know, some of the completely wacky leftists think it's sort of an anti-transgender kind of thing shut them down shut the paypal account now they've been on a rampage this week that's why jack d came out saying saying uh, jack d the famous british comedian said i'm closing my paypal account i don't right. want anything to do with them with the way they're acting okay well 
<clears throat> the thing is, they're such a big player. So mm. Nick in the Discord was saying, uh, have you got any alternatives? And the answer is no at the minute. So I'm looking into Stripe, maybe setting Stripe up as a, a secondary way of people uh, flicking as a coin, a bullion, a doubloon. Some cashola. Cashola, yeah. Right. Yeah, so go to the armysignalization.com and hit the PayPal button, give us a one-off donation, sign up for a monthly recurring st- sustaining donation and donations at a level of £50 or above, or 50 dollars dues, or Canadian quid bucks, or, if, I mean, $50... Is it 50 mounted Canadian dollars? Yeah. Um, we'll get you the rank, the status, the cachet, social standing, the degree of executive producer for that episode, which looks great. About 100 you? quid nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. It's one for one near, near enough now, dollar and pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's primarily this based on the strength of the dollar. Everyone's hurting with the strength of the dollar at the moment. Mm. It's the uh, same with the euro. The euro's uh, tanking to the dollar as well. But Yeah. We'll see what happens on that. Only you fuckers out there can save Plotland and keep the shit show going. Right. I think it's time, isn't it? It's time to big up the man Dems. Yo. Thank the producers for episode 249. Who've we got? Rune Kesson, Bunyan Nut, Helen of Troy, Lee from the Bigson Spire, and Slicko. Thank you. You're so amazing. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love. You, you are extremely cool, guys. Literally. The best mate. The dwarf. The carrots. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The asna. The crumpop. Chance. The number 11. The blind man. The fallen on the horizon. The cripple. From hell. I don't get it, never will. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Yeah, thanks for your support for another week. It's much appreciated. Thank you. I got a, a message from Mark Anthony Wyatt this week. Yeah. Cuckoo Town has landed, man. <laughs> the new podcast is out now. I'll put a link in the show notes. Mm. Um, now, I don't think it's on all platforms currently. Right. I think it's on... I got it on Spreaker. I think it's on iTunes or Apple Music, Spreaker. whatever the fuck they call it now. But I don't know if it's on all platforms, so have a look. Stand by. Whatever. Mm. But, um, yeah, he was talking about... Uh, first episode, he was talking about... Um, uh, what's it called? The devil. Not the devil. Um, the beast. Beelzebub. Crowley. Alistair Crowley. Okay. And uh, Secret Service. Uh, and D.H. Uh, Lawrence. Links with D.H. Lawrence and stuff like that. Good. Check it oh. out. Links in the show notes. Right. Uh, okay, should we do some news? Some some more news? We've only done the, more news. We've done three headlines. <laughs> Is there more news? We just did the headlines of the week. We haven't done anything interesting, particularly interesting. Are you, would, are you, do you want to do the fallout from the Queen's funeral? Yeah, what's happened? Do you see uh, Justin Trudeau getting in trouble? Oh, the man shouting. What's that? Oh, no, then. Right, carry on. No, There's someone shouting at him. Yeah. We've not seen that video. No. 
And there's like a video of him coming out of somewhere and the crowd of people's going like, hey, Judah. It's like that, signing autographs, coming out like a, you know, boy band member. And then there's this like one middle-aged man at the back going, Trudeau, you fucking scumbag! You're ruining the world! Da, 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 da. Fuck you, Trudeau! You're ruining the world. Stuff like that, basically. Why Why wasn't this in the Discord? I thought someone put it in. Jesus Christ. I thought someone put it in. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got this video of him. Uh, this is the night before the funeral. Right. We decide, he decides to get wasted in the hotel bar and get caught singing Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Sound. Have we got that sound? Oh, this is what happens. Yeah, I'm not fixing it now. We we have. No, uh, it's fine. a problem with the uh, on the podcast. It's fine. Yeah, can't bother. Uh, <laughs> you just miss out on it, Ben. It happens. Yeah, you and I at home. Yeah. I don't know it's why. Fine. It was something to do with Zoom, wasn't it? Really yeah. Including the audio. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, don't bother. i to go into extra settings and try and figure no, something out. No, I'll make it up. I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. Matt Apocalypse. Where is his mask? There's no, uh, no rules in the UK regarding masks. I know. But even so, he should be, you know. Hey, the pandemic's over. Uncle Uncle Brandon told us this week. Did he? In his 60 Minutes interview. <sighs> oh, right, okay. Yeah, he said, uh, yeah, the pandemic's over. Mm-hmm. We still have some problems with COVID, but uh, the pandemic's over. I mean, it's been over for fucking a year, hasn't it? Yeah, near enough. I don't know. When did it all... End? There was, I'm sure we were locked down, weren't we, at the end of last year? Oh, yeah, in 2021, yeah. Yeah, it was... Chris, yeah, it was Christmas messed up again. Yeah. Yeah, for, I don't well, remember having a normal Christmas. Uh, well, it, I don't was think it? we were. No, we weren't locked down. No, we, you could have had a normal Christmas if you wanted to, but people were scared. They were propagandized, mm. so they didn't want to have a normal Christmas. Uh, That's the problem with it all. Um, sticking with the Queen's funeral, I love this moment from uh, Channel 9 News, Australia. G'day, mate. Yeah, g'day. This is when, uh, you know, we have a new Prime Minister here in the UK, Liz Trust. This is uh, this is her arrival at the Queen's funeral and how it was covered by Channel Nine News. You'll like this. Yes, yes. No, hard to identify. Maybe uh, minor royals, members of the. I can't identify them we at this point. We can't spot everyone, no. unfortunately. They look like they could well be local dignitaries. It's hard to see. We're looking at the backs of their heads. But I think face. we are now getting to the pointy end, as they say. <laughs> of the was. I'm just told that was Liz Trust, the new Prime Minister. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Uh, that was the producer in the air. It's the fucking Prime Minister. Yeah. <sighs> like, we fucking, you Apparently. know, fucking dregs, scrapings. The scrapings of the dregs now, aren't we? Fuck <sighs> me. Have you seen the videos of her? What, did it, what was I watching? And about, like, her being announced. Um, and she just can't hide her sort of joy in about, you know, she knows she's going to win sort of like the leadership contest and she sits down all smug and it's just awful. It's awful, awful, awful. Bring back oh. Theresa May, I say. <laughs> oh, May but Dancing queen. Yeah. I mean, you know, she was terrible too, but at least she had some integrity. Maybe. What was, what was the thing she uh, was most uh, ashamed of? 
at the Oh, <laughs> running through the field of running wheat. Running through corn. Running through a field of wheat. Oh, barley, was it? Yes. I may have run, a, run through a field of barley. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let's trust this uh, World Economic Forum member. Obviously. Yeah, she's got her own page on there. So had Rishi. Both in there. Mm. Yeah. Um, speaking of the, the COVID, the COVID, shall we uh, catch up? Dr. Shillery, Dr. Hillary Jones, yeah, got in trouble this week um, with some comments he made over the ambulance service. I don't know if I have the... Uh, is it because the ambulance service is fake? Is it a conspiracy? Like history. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a made-up thing. They actually turn up and... Oh God! We'll just, we'll just give up on our YouTube channel. We'll take take up and take you to the glue factory. This is from uh, Good Morning Britain, and uh, Susanna's having none of it. Right. She fights back. Wow! Against the Dr. Shillery. Wow! The medical expert. I know. That's not normal. Normally, when you get the medical expert on, you you bow to their superior wisdom in these matters. That's what I like to do. But uh, yeah. she's not having it. Four nine nine nine, and and someone would come. Now you can't yeah, be confident that's, that's right. going. And to at the same time, there are people life. abusing the service. Uh, people who've got cars outside their house and could take that patient to hospital themselves, but call an ambulance because that's it's more convenient. That's not an abuse of the service. No, that that is an abuse of the service. Well, hang on a moment, because, only... because if you if you're calling an ambulance, that's because you want a paramedic team who are going to treat yes, your your patients in your home sure. or outside I immediately. Mm-hmm. You might be afraid of moving that person. You might be afraid that when you take that person into hospital yes. you haven't had all and the medication the you would for, need on the journey that's I don't, what 111 is for an abuse. that's what 111 is for he says is, is well, no, there is abuse. yeah don't ring an ambulance ring 111 not a great plan what a balance <laughs> it depends on the, the nature doesn't it of, of what's occurring now you got caught out yeah, basically you got caught out he never should have said that he's so patronising though He's, the way he's talking, the way he talks to her. The video is better because you can, you can you can read it on his face mm. uh, and the way he, he expresses himself. Just a fucking twat. Get rid of him. Get him off yeah, the air. Wow. Get stick, the stick to your, yeah. Get in the yeah. The sea is always right. Get him in the sea. <laughs> I've had to stop COVID. watching it. Stop watching. What did you get up to? How many did you get in? Three. We're talking about the rings of prime, the rings of power. Sorry. Three. Three episodes. I've just given up now. It's just bad. Too bad. Boring. Uh, it's Slow. boring. Boring. The acting's not great. For some, most of the actors are not good. The main one's all right. The woman. Uh, I like the dwarves. I thought the I thought the dwarves were good. No, I don't like. I don't like them. Do you know? No, I don't like the dwarves. I think Elrond L Hubbard <laughs> <laughs> is uh, shite as well. Um. Do you think there's something going on between uh, Elrond and... Uh, the dwarf? No, no, the other elf, the master craftsman. Uh, fuck. Is he polishing his knob? I get that feeling, yeah. He's polishing his rings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh, God. God. What about Bronwyn? Who's Bronwyn? The the uh, uh, the human lady who's, who's the great leader. Oh, you haven't got that far. Is she the one? Is she like the the witch doctor? Like she does she like the elf? Yeah, she's she's uh, you know. Who, guess who's coming for second breakfast? 
with the elf. The mixed race elf. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. She's got a son who has like a Sauron sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, she's terrible too. <laughs> Can't disagree. Oh, I think it's. I think it's horrific. It's terrible. I mean, I was I willing. To, I was anymore. willing to give it a little bit of. You know, three and a half hours was enough. Was it? Yeah, I've given up now. It's terrible, and um, it's just not getting any better. It's getting worse. That's the thing. Like, I suppose there was. You know, that first episode where she fought the 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 ice troll or whatever it's yeah. called. I mean, that was that was quite entertaining. Sort of like the action sequences in that, and then all now it's just gone into this weird kind of. What's that fucking nonsense that your wife was watching? Holding, holding pattern. Yeah, they're just dragging it out. Yeah, dragging yeah. Dragging it. There's nothing moving. No, but then, it's, but also like the the writing and and the acting around it is terrible. So, and even like even though they spent so much money on it, the fucking sets look shit. The CGI you know gets, shit. Do you know what gets me? The extras in Numenor. What? When there's scenes in Numenor, they have these extras, and it looks like they get maybe 10 or 15. It looks, just looks really cheap and low right. budget. It's like $500 million. And mm. yeah, I, people are saying it's a money laundering thing. <laughs> Could be. Like, th- there's no way they've spent that amount of money on this. It's, it's, it's actually the next series of Ozark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprised me, yeah. Pan out. So I tried a bit of Andor then. There's three episodes of Andor. Oh, I've not watched that, yeah. There's three. No. Um, it's better. I would say it's better than the the Lord of the Rings. Oh, God. Um, is that it? And what's he called? Cassian Andor, is he? He's uh, he's quite good in it. I quite liked him in that Narcos. Was it called Narcos that he was in? He was the main guy in Narcos. I didn't watch. It was like the, the reboot. He's a Mexican guy. Uh, he was like the leader of the car Mexican cartel, basically. He wasn't in in Narcos when it was good. No, but that it was, was good. Pedro it, it, Pascal. Yeah, the Spanish. He was in, it with the Spanish version of it, it was good. Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's good in it, and um, there's a very attractive lady in it. So you know, who's that? I don't know her name. She's fit. <laughs> Is she an alien? No, she's like a human. Oh, Jesus. Boring, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but it is a bit sort of like there's the corporation or something that I've never heard of. I've never really got read any wider in Star Wars books. I was just going to ask, is this set before? <laughs> is this set before the film? What yeah. was the film? Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it is, so... This yeah. is after Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith, but before Rogue One, is it? Is it after Revenge of the Sith? Is Darth Vader knocking about? Uh, he's not been in it. He's not been. No. He's, not, he's not had to be in it to save it. Basically, <laughs> so, um, the thing Still is, time. yeah, the thing, the guy's oh, the guy. What's his name? Dime Bar. <laughs> he's Swedish. <laughs> He's Swedish. He plays the sort of the weird floaty guy in June. Stefan Edberg. Yeah, Ed. Yeah, what's his name? He's got loads of sons that are actors now. Bjorn Borg. I can't remember his name. Skarsgård guy. Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Is that? No, not Bill. 
Bob. One of them. Bob Skarsgård. Forever Skarsgård. <laughs> He's the dad. So there's Alexander Skarsgård. He was the guy in... Yeah, the vampire the, thing. The vampires. And then there's Bill Skarsgård, who was it. Yes. Right. Dragon Tattoo 1. Was he in Dragon Tattoo? <laughs> girl, with, girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, I don't know. I think one of, and then one of the, the dad, older ones was in that. And then the dad was in Thor. He went crazy. Stellan? Stellan. Ah, Stellan. God, that's it. <laughs> so have you watched there all three and doors? Um, I watched them on Friday night. I was very tired. Um, and they were they were okay. They weren't Just like okay. They were, yeah. Stellios. So yeah, from Easy Chat. Now, if you want to watch a really good TV program, just watch Atlanta. What's All that? three series of it. What's that on? It's on Disney actually now. Disney what is it? Star. It's about. Is it space? No, it's about like a rapper in Atlanta. But then it, this latest series that they've been going around Europe, and it's uh, very well written. It's funny. It's a dramedy. Um. And only half an hour episodes. Makes Not me it. think as well. About <laughs> being a rapper. No, he takes on sort of, you know, cultural things going on at the moment, I would say. You know, wokeism and um, Maps. cancel culture is in there a few times and stuff. In different council ways. Council culture. Council culture, yeah. Yeah, that was Paul Weller's band, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Council. Have you watched House of the Dragon, the n- newest episode? Not watched any. Yeah. It's, it's quite good, the newest ones. The old... It's going to all change tomorrow, isn't it? I don't know. Is it going to be like moving on in time again or something? Yeah, that, that time jump, Phil, you mentioned on Wednesday, is uh, is a big one. Oh, okay. Do you think they're going to change Sorry. the actors then? Yeah, Definitely. Oh. Uh, I think he tenants Ty Tennant's in it. David Tennant's son oh. plays Egon. Egon Two, which is the baby now. Oh, right, baby. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So I think uh, Milado, what's his name? Dead Man's Shoes is is gone. gone. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, so. I, I don't. I, I didn't think he would sign up to be in it forever for some reason. He doesn't strike me as that kind of actor. He wanted to be a Ned Stark. Yeah. Is this the Doctor Who guy? Matt Smith? No. no. Oh, no. Matt Smith will still be in it, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, Paddy Considine, the king. What about the princess? Do you think they'll get rid of her? They've changed the actress. Oh, right. That's what so, I mean. So it'll be an older actor. Yeah. Right, okay. Yep. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, still, it's still missing, still missing some White Walkers. So you know, still a bit. Uh, the mystery box. Yeah, there is no mystery box. The mystery is there's no mystery. <laughs> the mystery is where Shame is the mystery? Season two. It'll be yeah, it'll be further down in the chain of never-ending seasons till it gets cancelled before the mystery box is revealed. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Nothing to see here. Right, we've got some more news then, shall we, after that little... Yeah, yeah. Animal rights group PETA, or PETA, 
Mm-hmm. They got some uh, some coverage this week. Well, animal rights group PETA is calling for a sex Peter. ban to be placed on meat-eating men. The group claims devouring sausages and schnitzel is a symptom of toxic masculinity and that it's killing the planet. That's the view of the German arm of PETA. Joining me live is Laura Wayman-Jones from PETA Australia. Thanks very much for your time. Is this something that PETA Australia agrees with? Yeah, look, Peter, yep. Germany's suggestion was designed to get men who eat meat to sit... That would be us. I mean, it's not yeah. a euphemism, is it? No. No, it's okay. not the whole men who have sex with men thing. Okay. No, it just means men who eat meat. What about women who eat meat? Well, okay. Sit up and take notice, and I think it's certainly done that. Um, and realise how much of an impact their diets have on the planet and animals. The Earth is suffering because people, especially men, because men statistically do eat more meat than women, are still eating. Men eat more of everything than women. (laughs) Men need around 2,000 calories a day, and women is more like, what, 1,300, 1,500 calories Uh, a day? Two lettuce leaves I feed mine. So men eat more (laughs) meat than women, so therefore they're fucking evil, toxic. I know. Methane emitting animals who are uh, who are exploited in vast numbers on farms built on cleared bushland and forest. The situation is critical, and the planet can't support such greedy consumption of resources. Greedy. We really need to all start moving towards a vegan lifestyle urgently, or there won't be a habitable planet left for us. Nonsense. Okay. But- uh, no. <laughs> You say it was aimed to get a conversation started. It was talking about a ban. I think there are two aspects I've read about, either just a ban on what men that eat meat being able to have sex. Is is that a a serious idea being put forward that you support? I mean, we really don't care about your sex life. Really? Why care? Why ban it then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. These these radical feminist types are going to have a real shock in the near future, when the meta headsets come out and the VR sex robots, it's like, you're playing this one card you have and you're going to lose it soon. Right. Do you not... The sex robots are going to take over, you mean? This has often been used in propagandistic terms. Uh, Like, uh, same, there was a similar thing, I think, with with the abortion controversy in, in the States. Like a sex ban, men will just we'll we'll, just... we'll 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 make we'll it was I think this goes back to the sixties, you know, mm. and uh, it's been used as a a tool, a sex ban mm. by the fairer sex. Mm. I'm just making the point that in ten fifteen years, you're, if you, you should want, it'll be like red dwarf. You put the goggles on, you put your crotch fucking <laughs> attachment on, and uh, that that card won't be able to be played anymore so maybe maybe get on side <laughs> what we do care about is the planet and the animals we share it with and those animals are dying by the billions in the crudest ways imaginable for burgers and sandwich filling yeah what else are we going to eat <laughs> them so, with it's so yummy though <laughs> I mean, the other thing is you don't like some women like having sex with men well the yeah. Or is it just all a lie? Every single woman just lies about enjoying sex with a man. I don't know. Exactly. So I just it's just all fucking nonsense. What we're saying is to all we're saying to people is given what we know is happening because of eating meat and the environmental destruction caused by eating meat, 
Uh, why not try the vegan sausage instead? Fuck off, you can't. Nah. Try the vegan sausage instead. This is something that I um, I think about, or I've been thinking increasingly about, which is like how everything is just fake. Like, or every, it's like a version of yeah. meat, isn't it? Yeah, like you know, have a vegan sausage, vegan <laughs> sausage roll. Because it's not even you know, it's not real meat. I even I think about it in terms of like drinks now, like fizzy pop used to be just sugar. And now it's like sugar and sweetener in order to... Nothing is... Nothing's real anymore. <laughs> you let them eat Teslas. Uh, yeah, and then we're moving towards, you know, the metaverse kind of nonsense as well. So Sex robots. It's just moving through life just with fake things that mimic old experiences. Yeah. You don't have to. No. You well, don't we, have to. I mean... I don't know if you can buy... Well, you can buy Coke. I think the original Coke is full of sugar still, isn't it, thankfully? And not sweetener as well. I mean, it's fucking poison. You shouldn't be drinking it. It's it tasty poison, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It plays on your most sort of base. So does a sausage. <laughs> At least you get yeah. some sort of... Uh, like, you get some sort of sustenance from a sausage. You get it's got protein oh, in it. Not a Richmond sausage. <laughs> well, it depends what kind of sausage you get. But um, you know, Coke. Yeah, it's sugar water. Mm. It's, it's there too, and I'm sure it's addictive. It is. Caffeine is addictive. Sugar is addictive in itself. Yeah. Shall I read? I've got the actual. Um, you got the blurb. This is the statement on the Peter website. Right. Okay. You'll love it. <laughs> We all know them. <laughs> That's what's Are you started? <laughs> we all know them. The suburban men with beer bottles in hand, brandishing tongs Did while... He's specifically having this tonight. <laughs> we all know them. The suburban men with beer bottles in hand, brandishing tongs while cooking sausages on their expensive gas grills. These barbecue masters believe that they can prove their masculinity to themselves and their fellow humans through their consumption of meat. Can I just stop you there? My my wife does all the barbecuing. Yeah, yeah. She brandishes the tongues, not me. Guess what? I like meat. <laughs> I don't. I don't eat meat to prove my masculinity to myself and my fellow humans. I fucking love sausages. <laughs> I love bacon. I love black pudding. Mm. What dimension are these people in? Dimension B, obviously. it's not. They're not in the real world, are they? No. They obviously think that people eat meat for some sort of psychological reason to prove their masculinity. Mm. What fucking planet are you on? Not Earth. <laughs> it's yum. Pizza. Uh, not only hurting animals, but also harming the planet. The science speaks for itself. Okay. Yeah. Just more... You wonder why people don't trust science anymore. Mm. Because, you know... A study published in the journal PLOS One found that men contribute significantly more to the climate catastrophe than women, primarily through their meat consumption. Their eating habits result in 41% more greenhouse gases. That's why Peter's proposing a strike on sex with meat-eating men to persuade them to go vegan. 
How would that work in your house, Matt? Your wife next, uh, well, next Wednesday, hump day. That's when we have sex, isn't it? We all have sex on Wednesdays, hump day. If she says, <laughs> says uh, no, no, Amish Matt, I'm not having sex with you again until you go vegan. It's already happened, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, a dusty wind blows in a household. Do you know, do you remember that video of Sean Connery saying, sometimes you've just got to give him a slap? <laughs> I think, you know, I think he's proved, been proven right. Wow. Taking it down. <laughs> Taking it down. Well, they just you know. don't know when to stop. Right. Damn it. Okay. I'm joking. I've, I've never... My, I've been hit by my partner numerous times and I've never retaliated. It's the wrong thing to do, isn't it? Because we're bigger and stronger and we could really hurt them. Yeah, there's like... I just... Unless they were like Galadriel, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There's what? Well, I'm just going to hack it to pieces, but there's like a there's a comedy uh, clip I've seen of a guy, and he's like a big guy, like six foot odd, he looks. And he's like, he's, he's, he's sort of talking about feminism and his wife said, oh yeah, I can never be with a... Uh, a man who could beat me up and he's like thinking he says so so i'm thinking to myself you know you're like 100 pounds i'm 200 pounds i could literally pick you up and throw you across the room and all this kind of thing so it's just gone out the window in thinking and stuff Mm. uh oh a bit left actually uh yeah sex strike on meat eating men to persuade them to go vegan men need to take accountability for their actions now that research shows that their impact on the climate is so disproportionately large, they should take steps to rectify that. And the easiest, healthiest, debatable, simplest way to do this is by going vegan. For all fathers who still are grilling meat but want their children to have a healthy future on a habitable planet, it's time to change your lifestyle. Pledge to go vegan today and order a free vegan starter kit to get you on your way. What's that? What's that? What comes in a vegan starter kit? Do you think it's just a range of multivitamins and Su- minerals? Supplements, yeah. <laughs> so you don't fucking die. die. Where do you get your protein from? You can only eat so many fucking Brazil nuts, can't you? You can't even Shit. have eggs. You can't even have eggs or cheese. The two basic human requirements, eggs and cheese. And ham. I I think I'd starve to death if I wasn't allowed to eat cheese, eggs and ham. That's what I eat all the time. Uh, You can have as much bread, chocolate, Coca-Cola as you want, man. Mm. Just have Mars bar sandwiches. That sounds good. Yeah. Healthy. Mm. As long as it's not milk loaf. (laughs) Milk loaf. It's milk in Mars bars. Oh yeah, chocolate. Yeah, of course, yeah. Milk yeah. Chocolate. No, you'd have to have the really dry, dark, ninety percent cacao, dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you not have milk chocolate then if you're vegan? No, oh, it's got milk in it. Only way to thin. <laughs> it is wather. Can you wear leather shoes? No. Nope. No. Can you drive a car? Yeah, as long as you don't have leather seats or a leather-bound Full steering wheel. Leather. Or runs on the blood of cows. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't put a sausage in its exhaust pipe. No. These are characteristically insane, though. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think it's a publicity stunt, yeah. personally. It yeah. got people talking yeah. about it. 
and pizza. No one, take, let live. No one takes them seriously, do they? No. No. Um, it is part of the trend of, well, we've seen it over the last 10, 15 years of the veganism coming up. But this is the other thing as well, is, you know, it, what, you know, people moving towards that kind of life, you still need farming land and, you know, still habitat destruction as part of that. So, you know, get on about that. Yeah. They're just such cunts that they can't help it. <sighs> That's, you know, partially true. <laughs> Should we um, should we do Kayla Lemieux or not? Yeah, the Canadian uh, high school teacher, the shop oh, teacher. Fucking hell! Oh yes, I've seen pictures. this is terrible. A Canadian high school teacher sparked controversy after pictures emerged of her wearing large breast prosthetics while teaching students. Kayla Lemieux, a manufacturing technology teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School. Uh, it's gone viral. Mm. Uh, she's been Why? Pi- <laughs> she's been pictured <laughs> online taking classes while wearing the huge prosthetics which stretch her clothing and stick out. It's the nipples that get me. I mean, they're it like... It back to the heady days of Euro trash. Mm. What was that? Do you have a low, low Ferrari? I was just about to say low, low Ferrari. She died, didn't she? Mm. She did. Yeah, the, the nipples do, uh, you know... It makes you it makes somewhat. you question, doesn't it? Why um, this person is wearing those enormous fake breasts? Uh, is it not obvious? She's fucking mental. <laughs> no one is learning anything about woodwork in that class. <laughs> mm. I mean, ridiculous. Is it like so? If you know, if a biologically female teacher came into school with massive jugs like that with no bra and her nipples showing through like an almost sheer top would she not be told that that was inappropriate i believe she would be taken aside for a quiet word that's what i mean very least well, in response, the high school has doubled down and defended their employee, writing to parents and explaining why they support Miss Lemieux's gender expression. I mean, if this person wants to be a woman, that's absolutely fine, isn't it? But, you know... She it, wants to be a very stacked woman. Yeah, a very, you know, with pendulous breasts and clear... You can, like, see the areoli almost on that one. <laughs> So, but you know the, that it it's kind of it's almost obscene, isn't it? I can't really yeah. believe I'm saying that, but they're probably very expensive prostheses. <laughs> but the, the, that's the thing, isn't it? So you know, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Got the I'm, video. Oh God, there's a video. Here she is. This is how the chop saw works. We're going to do a mitre. <sighs> mitre cut here. That guy in the background just red face. Here we are. He got <laughs> some kind of bum implants as well, like some to round out the bum. Looks I like mean, it on the sides. Yeah, it's like wearing hot pants as well, kind of. I mean, is that appropriate for a woman? I don't in know. a workshop. In a workshop, yeah. I mean, I, I'm the first thing that, to me, is it's a health and safety risk. Well, there's no, there's no goggles. Where's the PPE? 
Oh, there is goggles, sorry. Yeah. I thought that was just her eyes. I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, you know, the school, if the school came out and said, it's terrified because of what's going on in terms of wider society, in that if they dared to say, it's not really appropriate for you to have these massive boobs with your nipples showing around uh, uh, underage, whatever they're called. Minors? Know? Minors, I guess. Are they minors? They all look pretty old in that Yeah, class. but it's, it's high school. So it's up to 18, isn't uh, it? All right, so that's our university college no. no well it depends doesn't it so it's like it's, there's there's it's not kindergarten middle school and high school or something yeah oakville trafalgar high school <clears throat> so i think it's like 14 to 18 but i might be wrong um so yeah so it's like around 14 year olds i guess at the minimum 18 year olds at, at the maximum um but the, the school is obviously scared of saying something because if if they said something to her, she would just sue them for millions of dollars and yeah, or, probably and, win. Or post it on social media. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. All that lot. So, and you get the baying mob after them, after yeah. the school. So the school, you know, the governors, whoever how it runs over there, are basically will be terrified of not affirming her This status. is the thing, is you have to affirm. Mm. You know, you can't say this person is mentally ill. There's something going on here. She needs help. Maybe. Maybe. Might Can be, I remind well, you? It might be dis- the, uh, social... Uh, there's something not uh, right here. Mm. What makes... Where's the frigging hot pant video? What makes you go... <sighs> I know. <laughs> I know it's hard. Right. I think this person needs help for yeah. a mental illness, basically. There's something not right with her. And that's the way I see it. Mm. I know people are scared. But the problem is we've got too many cowards who aren't afraid to say it as it is. And that's why we're in this position. Mm. Do you think she knows that and that's why this is happening? Well, my other theory is that she's a fucking stand-up. She's a comedian and this is like... a this is satire saying this is how ridiculous it is i can get away with this mm. in a public school and they won't say a fucking word because they're so terrified they're full of there's that's cowards. possible there's that i mean the other thing i don't about, think that's the case but the other thing I is think this isn't clown but this is actually clown world it's an, it's an interesting thing isn't it if you you know if you subscribe to that affirm 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 and there's no challenge so like this person has gone to a see i imagine at some point would have gone to a seen a therapist or maybe not um but you know perhaps you know it's been in sort of circles um of people and if it is that it is that you know the cultural norm is that you just agree to everything that they're saying well i want to have these massive boobs with like huge nipples showing i want to wear tight tops over it so everyone can see my massive boobs and my massive nipples and they're going to be erect and oh yeah that's fine that's fine that's a normal way to express yourself yeah if you want to do that that's absolutely fine yeah yeah yeah. so if you hear that over and over again yeah it's affirming Mm. I mean, it looks to me like body dysmorphia. Never mind gender dysmorphia. Yeah, I've about body dysmorphia. The problem is this aff- affirmation, this aff- affirming. I mean, at least she's an adult, mm-hmm. but this is happening with kids, particularly young girls, preteen young girls. This is why the Tavistock was shut down. Yes, because they're 
sterilising fucking 10-year-old girls and 12-year-old girls because of this mm. stuff. What's the American girl? I've seen a video of her recently. Something coal, is it? Oh, I don't oh, know. Is she the English one? I don't know. I don't follow it because I, th- I think it's, it's bad news. It's like a dark... Well, it's going to come Subject. out soon, isn't it? I think you know. In about another ten years, when these <laughs> these sort of ten year olds start coming, well, yeah, when the when they all start turning twenty, and the people because there'll be more, won't there? This is the thing: is that people are the, the counter argument, isn't it? That you know, if you don't allow your child to do this, they will end up killing themselves. That's what parents are told, aren't they? Basically, by by the psychotherapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you think, wow, right, shit, yeah, well, we best agree, you know, we don't want to, I'd rather have, a, you know, uh, our, our daughter or son go through this than not have them at all or whatever. So um, there's all of that going on, isn't there, in the background. Mm. Um, but there will be mistakes as part of that. Now, I'm sure there are children as well that go through it, but <clears throat> the start the statistic for me around this was this kind of the, the explosion. So it's gone up something like 2,000%. In like five years or ten years yeah, or something, like, like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It's not. That's not a normal. It's a trend. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a trend. I'm afraid. Like so, Peterson says, doesn't he, that it's basically perhaps a lot of uh, people who are going to be gay, and uh, people in the LGB lot are up in arms about this. Mm. They they say it's like they're trying to fucking de-gay people. It's like mm. conversion therapy. I suppose, yeah. People are just gay and they're getting pushed towards this thing, this mm. gender confirmation thing, mm. and then having irreparable surgery as a consequence when, you know, I don't know what the numbers are, but a lot of them might just be gay. Mm. They might just be confused teenagers, for mm. fuck's sake. We've all been there. It's not... Mm-hmm. Everyone questions has questions about their identity and the meaning and stuff. I and uh, I went through my big boob phase. Did you? Did you? Uh, what did you get? Like one of your mum's bras and put some melons in there. How did you know? Lucky guess. <laughs> Let's do something happy. Okay. Did you see uh, Bojo? You know Bojo's still in the House of Commons. No, <laughs> I thought he'd just leave and go on the from the back benches. <laughs> Bojo the Cloud! Yeah, big speech about, uh, you know, the support from Ukraine this week from the backbenches. Oh, God. Bit of a Freudian slip in here. Thanks to the heroism of the Ukrainian armed forces, thanks in part uh, to the the, uh, uh, weapons that uh, uh, we are proud to be uh, offering, I congratulate my uh, right honourable friend on uh, his description of the work of the UK uh, armed forces, the, the weapons that we are sending, and the, 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 the huge list. Uh, thanks also, of course, to the inspirational leadership of, of Vladimir Putin. Oh, 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 uh, sorry, the inspirational leadership of Vladimir Zelensky. Oops. Uh, forgive me. I'm a spaz. I mean... Oh, I can't believe he was Prime Minister. <laughs> Don't any name but that. Not that name. That's the wrong name. The exact You've opposite got it name. Written down, written down in front of him. Don't mention... <laughs> <laughs> he obviously forgot that. Uh... Putin is Hitler. Yeah. Reinhorn is... Putin... Finkel... ...is Hitler... Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is a man. 
right, a couple more. Oh, seamless. A couple more. Do you want um, Uncle Joe? Uncle Joe Biden got lost again, giving a speech today, mm. uh, this week. This is great. It's a good one. One of my faves. Mm. Where am I going? Always hands out. <laughs> Where do I go? Oh, no. Uh, Mr. President, thank you. Who, me? At the end of I'm the president. such a momentous event, <laughs> the word thank you seems oh, it's, it's, kind it's of inadequate. Shame, but for it? all the millions whose lives will He's be off. saved, for the communities where life oh. will be transformed, thank you. So thank you, President <clears throat> Biden, for your outstanding... Oh, dear. Oh, shame. Uh, what a shame. Oh, literally biting my finger. Yeah, it's hard to watch, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I got uh, some more Charlie Robinson uh, little clips mm. from this week's. Yeah. Little sound bites. It's so clippable. It's great. What mm. the fuck are you people even talking about? Someone? Okay. I like this one. He's speaking through his teeth. Are you out of your fucking minds? Right. Okay. Maybe yes. Just a guy. <laughs> okay. uh, yep. Did you ever play WWF with your uh, your dad or your siblings as you were growing up? No. I was playing school. Got told off for doing sharpshooters. <laughs> Sharp. You were a Brett the Hitman fan, Brett really. The Hitman high, yeah. Absolutely. What about with you? Did you not play with your brother? Probably. Yeah. He's a bit younger, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> uh, is he? <laughs> he said he was. Generally, you know, his siblings are is, yeah. different ages. Yeah. I mean, uh, no. No. Is there a story here? No, I put my brother in a figure of four leg lock once. Did you? Yeah. Rick, I was a big fan of Rick Flair, Nature Boy. Right, okay. Woo! Like Rick, Rick Flair. And uh, he didn't cry. But I had to stop quickly. Why? Because it is so effective, the figure of four leg lock. Right, okay. I mean, like, a few years later, he did have to have, like, reconstructive <laughs> knee surgery. I don't, know if, I don't know if it was related. Maybe. Oh, but um, I love this. Uh, there was a clip going around the internet this week of uh, a young lad, a toddler, if you will, uh, playing WWF, or WWE as it's now known, Yeah, with his father, and it was... This is my highlight of the week. Randy Orton, oh my God, oh my God, Randy Orton, Randy Orton, the corner, Big Show's prone here, the Big Show's prone, and Randy Orton, the distraction, Randy Orton, the arcade, oh Big Show, Big Show is there to be authority. Here we go. Yeah, top turnbuckle. <laughs> have a kid, Randy Orton, capitalize on it, can he cover Big Show? What an incredible turn of events here. Big oh, Got him. That was good. Wow, that was good. I've done Randy Orton. Mm. Well, I'm spent. Good. Sun's getting low. Praise Jabalon. Yeah. And all the Elohim. It's time to uh, fuck off into the night. Yes. Be home for 11. Yeah. Oh, Willie G. Will. <laughs> Willie G. Thank <laughs> you. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> Isle of Cox. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Chungus never seems so sus. So sus. So sus. He vents to electrical. Electrical, as always. Well, shall we vent to electrical for tonight? <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's. let's. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a guest in the studio next week. I won't spoil it. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What the Farage? Exactly, Nigel. A real-life guest in the studio. Do you see this shit? Yep. (laughs) Coming in your ears with the rod of God. Reported to have been a rod of God. It was massive. Okay, any uh, final final words? No. Are you entertained? (laughs) Are you not entertained? reasonable. Right, thanks for watching. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Alright, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Good Bye. Take care. I love you. I think that was an epic dub. Epic dub. Yeah, yeah, I think so. No, thanks. Thanks so much. Oh. Yeah, cheers. Oh. See you, Matt. See you, Lee, from the Big Conspire. Yeah. Yeah, I think they like what we got. I like what you got. Good job. Party <laughs> central. Right, see you later, fuckos. Bye. Boot your teacher out of Nikita goes, my darling queen. You don't give a fuck. Asna! 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 Come on, man. You're embarrassing yourself. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What the fuck are you people even talking about?